0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome! welcome back to the shine within podcast i have a very special guest today she's a relationship expert (laughs) her name is michelle hoffman she is a master life and relationship coach helping people get the tools they need to improve every relationship to live their lives the way they've always desired she is a two-time international best-selling author of the books life worth living and new management blueprint sharing the secrets to creating magnetic interpersonal connections improving your personal life and increasing your professional success her corporate career includes helping organizations improve their client and employee relationships as a portfolio manager business development director and a social scientist at stanford university wow so you were in the bay area i'm in the bay area
1: (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah. We're neighbors.
0: Yeah. I actually worked at the four. Seasons, I still work there actually at the four seasons hotel. I'm a massage therapist over there for over six, about 16 years.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. That is brilliant. I love knowing that you have a, and you must, your hands can probably sense a lot of information about people with that somatic, somatic connection and touch. That's Absolutely. an incredible skill. Thank you, and I'm so happy that
0: you're here. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of
0: course. So I would love to learn more about you and your background and what
1: got you into coaching. Yeah, I never saw coaching as uh, an opportunity. Um, I went on, you know, the life plan of what you should be doing and how you should be educated and the job you should have and... All I ever wanted in life was to be in this amazing, healthy relationship with a partner who, together, we could share life's challenges and celebrations. We could build a life, a family, a home together. And it took a little longer than I thought to find him. But I'll tell you wrong dinner seating, wrong dinner table. And he knew by the end of the meal that I was the one for him. And it took me a little bit longer. Later, on the dance floor, he was brave enough to kiss me. And I did what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, he was brazen enough to ask, what's so funny? And I said, my whole world has changed. My life was going down the path this way And now it's going toward you. And that's what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. And we were together pretty much at that point from then on. And we built a home together and we built a life together and we built a family together. And it was not showy. um, It was not extravagant, but it was perfect for us until he died. And that left me, head of household, sole parent, and you guessed it, single. And this this was not in the plan. This was not in the script. And that put me in a situation where I needed to rebuild my life and I didn't have my partner to help with it. So I built an advisory board of people of when you're busy taking care of everyone and everything, who's taking care of you? So I found my subject matter experts, my emotional support, my accountability partners, and people who would leverage their success for mine. And I started to rebuild. And then I did that for the children. And I started to put together these tools that were really helpful. And then a friend of mine was had a similar experience. So I helped her and her children through it. And then my whole community was like, Oh, can you go help them, help them, help them? And I'm like, no, I need like two jobs now. And everyone said, this is your job. This has always been your job to help people understand how to enjoy, attract and enjoy the right relationships in your life. And I'm like, huh? So it started because I was sitting at the breakfast table with Guy Kawasaki, who As a Bay Area resident, you may know, he evangelized Apple Computer with Steve Jobs, and he's the branding guru of the world. And Guy Kawasaki was listening to the story that I just shared with you, and he points his finger at me and he says, that's your book, write the book. And when Guy Kawasaki points his finger at you and says, write the book, you write the book. So I did. And that was Life Worth Living. And this has translated not only to the practical and compassionate guide for widows and widowers, but for divorcees and for anyone who's gone through a major life change. Perhaps you've decided to change the way you live in the world by not drinking anymore. It changes so much more. That one thing changes everything. So the program is now Ready to Be Relationship Ready. But it's essentially drawn from where I hold life together after significant loss. And it became an international bestseller. People were coming to me from all over the world to help them rebuild life the way they want to live it. And their confidence was increasing and their competence was increasing and they were more secure. They were, but they were still feeling alone and lonely. And so I needed to focus on recalibrating relationships was essentially module five in the program. And that's where everything changed, where I became specifically expert at being a relationship coach. So now I've written two more books, the Find Love Now series of how to... Attract the right one to you, and how to develop a personal profile to attract the right one to you. And I'm on the third now. My publisher hasn't published those yet, so you can only get them through me, which I'm happy to share. Um, But that's it. Now, when people are feeling like, "Oh God, should I even try to find a partner? Maybe I'm better off alone," but then that emptiness is so painful because you—we're all neurobiologically designed to reach out for connection. And when we don't have it, we wonder what is wrong with us. Are we not enough? Are we not lovable? You know, why can't I share my life experience and celebrations and challenges together? Because life is better with good love in it. And that's how I became a relationship coach. And I'm telling you, this week, I've got another client who found the right love for him. And last week, not one, two, but three couples came to me saying, you helped us find each other and we are about to announce our engagements. We're going ring shopping. What a great opportunity that I get to be any catalyst in this type of love. I feel very fortunate to be in the role that I'm in. That is so
0: awesome. Now you do get invited to these weddings, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may, uh, you may be the maid of honor there too.
1: <laughs> yeah. These are some really good life celebrations. And I mean, really you have like five in your life. You're born. You may have some big academic accomplishments. You may decide to partner with someone you may bring Academic or professional accomplishments. You may decide to bring people into the world through you, either related by blood or related by love, Mm -hmm. and then you die and you're not really present for these two. So let's do big celebrations on the other three, right? Right. Yeah. What is your secret? What is your secret (laughs) sauce here? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to know?
0: Yes. Because let me tell you, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. I've had so many friends growing up they're they're mostly guys Mm -hmm. sharing with me i can't find the right one i'm you know i am trying my best i'm going all these dates but these girls are just you know flaking on me last minute and or they'll get engaged all of a sudden and you know they like they forgot about me and it's like they would just tell me and then after so many years one of them anyway got married (laughs) Okay. And found his wife. I'm like, Because I was always telling them, you'll just find it. when it, It'll just happen when it's supposed to happen. Right now is not your time is what I tell them. <laughs> what are some things you tell your, your clients when they're like, why
1: can't I find the right one? <laughs> well, it, you know, recently at a workshop, somebody asked, do you believe in love at first sight? Now, I did tell you my background story. And I'll tell you, I do believe in love at first sight. And it's a lot easier to find what you're looking for when you have some idea of what you're looking for. And I mean, maybe not exactly, because I mean, we could paint the picture or whatever, but I'm curious to know, and I'm gonna take a wild guess, that your amazing friends, probably a really good partner material. However, they may have been looking for the wrong priority first. Because that, I would believe, is one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're looking to attract a partner. And there's three levels of doing this in the correct order. Would you like me to share those with
0: you? Of course. I'd love for you to. All
1: right. So, first of all, where are you at in the lifeline, in your lifeline, of your what I call the relationship arc? So this is not necessarily chronological order of your, you know, how old you are, but it's where you're at in life. For example, when we were young, we would might be parallel play or we'd play and we'd hang out with a friend. And as we got a little older, those friends became deeper friendships and we were, we would look out for one another. Right. So then as our ability and capacity, to develop deeper friendships and relationships grew, we could have more meaningful connections with people, right? Then maybe you want to invite a partner in to, to have adventures and share life experiences together. Maybe you're going to grow your career. Maybe you want to build a home. Maybe you want to build a family so you can see where we're at different points in life. Maybe you're at the point where you've done all that. Now you're looking for someone to share adventures with as a companion so where are you at in that spectrum and understanding like the intersection where someone else is also and what you would both like for the rest of your life because if you set things up there if you're looking for the person who you thought you should should have dated before in your 20s or you know age you may not be at the right similar intersection in the lifeline of your relationship arc, because they're going to be looking for different things to enjoy the rest of their life than you may be. So finding a similar intersection of where you're at in life and what would you like for the rest of your life. For example, I'll take myself for example, because I told you that story. When I met my now late husband, we were at the same point in life. We knew that we wanted to have a partner. We wanted to build a life, a home, a family together. All of that was right in line with our career growth and all of those other trajectories that we were going in the same direction at about the same point. So once you've got someone who's there, this is building a very strong foundation, the groundwork for a relationship, it makes the rest of the decisions that you make become aligned. The next most important element is understanding what are your core values? Now, this is something key that I work with everyone on. And we just assume we know it. And we just assume and just anticipate that everyone else would have the same values as you have. That is not accurate. So, when you know even your top five core values, then those are what you would use to push any decision against those core values. For example, if adventure is one of your core values, but you are finding that you're always at home, you need to find adventure at home where you're not going to be feeling fulfilled. If you find someone who doesn't like that adrenaline rush of adventure, you're going to be missing out on it. So the other piece of that, in addition to knowing that any decision you make should be in alignment with your core values. Otherwise I would question why are you making that choice? It's fine if it's fun, but if you're making that choice and it's outside of your core value system, That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, So the other secret ninja skill tool for this is to figure out what might be the top core values you would like to invite into your life. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you think life should be like a sitcom. So a good sense of humor is definitely high on the list to invite into your life if you want to laugh the rest of your life. Because you know what? You could be locked in an elevator with someone whose company you enjoy. It doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as you have that core value system, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but complementary. So when you've got that in place, and one of my another amazing tool that I work on with Clients, is when you're looking for honesty, integrity, accountability, responsibility, a sense of adventure, financial security, whatever your core value is, then create some open ended questions that may help you understand the core values of the person in front of you. Now, level three, you ready? Yes. This is a biggie because. Everyone seems to think this should go first. Finance, family, faith, fitness, physical, the energy, the frequency, the culture, the intelligence. When you line those things up, that's all good fun. But when opposites attract, none of that stuff is really relevant. (laughs) Right, right. And so often... We think, oh, you're, you know, you shared a biology class in the seventh grade. So, of course, you've known each other forever. That's enough. The rest, we hope, will fall into place. Or, you know, you shared something together, an experience. You went through a difficult time together. That should be enough. But it's not. It's are you at a similar point in where you're at in life and you want to share the rest of your journey On that similar path with this person, are your core values aligned? And then it's the rest of the stuff. One of the big secret tools that I really work on with people, because they topsy-turvy it all out of order, and they just, I hope it works.
0: You're absolutely correct, because my current husband, he was previously married as well, and he had those... Finances, family, whatever you were saying earlier is that's what he focused on. Right. And then five months later, divorce. Later. <laughs> and now, now many years, you know, fast forward years later, when we met, it was more about our core values <laughs> and the time of life that we were in together, and it just aligned perfectly because we both had little boys around like a, a, a year apart. And he started asking me, hey, you know, because we were going to the same church together and we were serving uh, the homeless and we were on different teams. But his son was in my Sunday school classroom and I remember his face. And so I went to him and I'm like, hey, I know your son. He's so cute. Oh, you know, my son. So what was nice is that it did bring the family together eventually, but we really focused on our core values, like you said, which sure enough, exactly where we were at It was very much aligned
1: (laughs) in life. (laughs) And you nailed a bunch of them because you both value family and faith and philanthropy. Bam, bam, bam. Awesome. That changes all the ways that you make decisions. And when you're, you basically, all relationships follow the same cycle. Would you like to know what that is? Yes, please. I'm writing notes down too. (laughs) (laughs) all relationships go from chemistry to casual to committed and what you were talking about continually pushed you forward into the chemistry phase of the relationship so first the law of attraction i'll diagram out what happened (laughs) the law of attraction brought you together and you were like oh your son is so cute okay well anyone who likes the our children has to be good right so you made the connection you um acknowledged something that you can't just google so that's automatically going to get his attention throwing him into the chemistry mode of a relationship again first of all i mean you're gorgeous And he's like, oh my God, this beautiful woman is saying something that my, my prodigy is also so adorable. This is all good, right? (laughs) So all in the positive and that strikes positive motor neurons. So that's creating a positive environment and situation. Then it's, it also incites all of our hormones. So you get this organic high it's an adrenaline rush, the serotonin, the oxytocin, which is the love and cuddle drug. And like I said, we're neurobiologically designed to reach out and connect with other people. So here it is. You set the stage beautifully for that. And then it's a matter of like, oh my God, this feeling is like a, I ate too much chocolate euphoria. It's like, mm, I wonder if that person, you know, what they're thinking about me. And if, you know, later you, Someone the phone would ring, you'd be like, oh, "Is that my person thinking about me again? I can't wait to connect." So once you're there and you find that this is amazing, that pushes you through to the casual phase of a relationship. So for example, let's say you've connected with him and then you started the conversation and you're like, "Oh!" This person sees me for who I truly am and my core value system. And you start to have a conversation of what do you value? I value that too. So you look for what's right. Then in the casual phase of a relationship, then you start to look for um, things that you can anticipate, because we as mammals like to be able to know what to expect of what is coming up. So let's say like the next time you saw him, you'd be like, oh, there's that man with the cute, adorable child. And you were like, he, I still feel the same way. And I still get that little adrenaline sparkle going on and, oh, And then maybe you strike up a conversation again. That is, I mean, it's that simple because the cycle chemistry, casual to committed is a spiral. And what happens is you see him again. The law of attraction pulls you together again. That's the chemistry phase. Now you've done this more than once. That's the casual phase. And it's like listening to your favorite song over and over again. It's like going to your favorite restaurant where you love the ambiance and you have a favorite menu item that you know that you're going to enjoy that experience again. So this is like, ah, there he is again. Mm. And you get to engage again with one another. Now there's another thing that happens in the casual phase of a relationship. And this is when the potential red flag deal breakers happen. So if he says, well, thank you for the compliment. I am happily married. Or my wife is da-da-da-da-da. You then would be like, oh, okay, I know now where I fit in this relationship. He's a lovely man with an adorable child and I'm going to take a step back because he's engaged in a relationship with someone else in that way. It doesn't mean that you can't connect and think he's amazing and all that, but that could potentially be a red flag deal breaker in what you thought might happen. Maybe it's a yellow flag and that suggests oh, is your wife or girlfriend ever going to pick up your son? Oh, no, I'm single. Well, that then would catapult you into a green light forward into the commitment phase of a relationship where you both understand that there is something going on between the two of you. And it's very, very good. Which, voila, no surprise, moves you forward into the chemistry phase of a relationship in a whole new way because you are something new now. Your identity has changed. You have found someone who's intriguing and you want to know more. That's then the relationship cycle becomes a spiral. And would you like to know how to uplevel a relationship?
0: Yes, let's learn about up-leveling.
1: <laughs> you do that through communication, trust, and respect. So this is a triad. If the communication falls... But you trust you'll see him again and you respect that, then that's enough. So, when the communication regains, then and repeats itself over and over again, that's how that trust is built up. And over time, that builds the respect. And that's how a relationship is up leveled.
0: I love that. I have like the whole formula here of relationship. <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah, this is the formula. the one you stated that way.
0: (laughs) I know. And then of all the course in the relationship, there's always hiccups. You know, there's always some fights here.
1: (laughs) Knowing how to navigate the obstacles in relationships. So oftentimes clients will come to me and they'll say, I don't trust myself in intimate relationships. I'm not picking the right people. I find myself in these similar negative relationship patterns And I'm just done with it because I don't know how to navigate the obstacles. Can you help me? Well, yes, yes, I can. And in fact, there's really three easy steps to navigating obstacles in relationships. And I customize them. I will give a script. I'll lay it all out when somebody is working with me. But generically, you want to know the three easy steps? Yeah, what are the three easy steps? So the three easy steps to navigating obstacles in relationships. Step one is to figure out what you would like the outcome to be. And when you have a clear clear idea of what you'd like the end goal to be, that gives you a target of where to go. If you don't show that intention at the very beginning, you can even, you know, when you need to open a difficult or hard topic, To have a discussion about with somebody who's valuable enough to you that it's worth navigating and working through this because the relationship is so much more valuable than this particular challenge that you're facing. When you show the intent of at the end of this conversation, I'm hoping that we will never have to worry about this again. So you give yourself a target. Again, if you just kind of know where you're going. It's a lot easier than getting caught up in an argument where suddenly it's something that bothered you from 10 years ago comes up and 17 days ago. And, oh, and then what else? What else? What else? Is there anything else? And they just come, those things come from all over and it becomes overwhelming. Everyone's filled with anxiety. It's just that that's where people are frustrated and they say enough, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And if that's not what you want to have happen, then having the end goal in mind actually helps you figure out how to get there. Just like when you're drawing a map to the treasure. So that's step one. Step two is setting the stage to have this conversation or approach this difficult topic in an appropriate environment. So at a party, probably a bad idea to approach a difficult topic or a hard one. Um, maybe in the car and like how you're doing it. Is this a confrontation face-to-face? Is it parallel play, I call it, where you're adjacent to each other? That would be in the car or on a couch um, rather than at a dinner table or tete-a-tete. Or is this an intimate topic where actually with someone who you're intimate with, you can come up from behind them and get so snugly close that you can whisper in their ear and they can smell you and hear you. And it's like, whatever this is going to be, it's probably going to end up pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so step two is setting the stage and then having the conversation, inviting what else, what else, what else? Is there anything else? to get to the step three, which is you're not there until you get to the conclusion that you were looking for. I had two clients call me one week and they each needed to approach a difficult to impossible topic with their partner. One was girlfriend, boyfriend. The other was a married couple. And they called me up and they said, whoo, this one's tricky. It's not obvious. I need the three easy steps. And so I gave each of them the respective three easy steps to the challenge they were facing. And I said, if you do this right, you're going to be having great sex tonight. So not only will you not break up, but the intimacy is going to be like you've never had before. And so the first one called me the next day, and she said, "We did not break up. I did the three easy steps exactly like you told me, and we are closer than we've ever been oh wow and that means you can get through challenges together, and then difficult topics you're not fearful to approach a difficult or hard topic, which by the way, life is filled with difficult and hard topics you want your to partner with you and face the challenge together rather rather than being uncertain or worried to bring that topic up the second one she did not follow up with me the next day or the day after and I started to wonder huh I wonder what's going on but I waited on day three she reached out to me And she said, I did the three easy steps. I did them exactly like you told me. We are not preparing for a divorce. We are closer than we've ever been. And we've had three days of great sex. I couldn't call you before now. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) She was too busy. She was too busy getting busy. (laughs) I'm like, awesome, I'm happy for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's something when you like to hear, like why you haven't called is because they're so happy and in their bliss with the with their partner that they'd had
1: no time <laughs> to follow up with you. That's great. I'll wait, I'll wait on that
0: one. <laughs> that is fantastic. Now, do you conduct workshops or
1: classes? I do. I do conduct workshops and classes as well as I work one-on-one. With individuals and couples, Um, because life is better with good love in it. And there's no one who taught us this stuff unless you had parents who were in an amazing relationship who role modeled it for you. And they then shared that with you so that you would have the skills and the tools. Nobody teaches us this stuff, except I do now. But, you know, it's like, how are you supposed to learn? There's no class, there's no. We're just supposed to expect to know how to
0: do this? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody recently and they're like, you know what? We what did we learn in high school? Like it has no value to our adulthood whatsoever. It's <laughs> like all these cal unless you're going for engineering or whatever, calculus right. and all these different things that just didn't relate to the individual. It's like they should have taught us about relationships. They should have taught us about communication. They should have taught us about budgeting. They should have taught us about finances. They should have taught us about family values and everything. It was like exactly. the complete opposite.
1: Right. I actually have, I am teaching the art of relationshiping in schools and in businesses. Oh, now.
0: that's so, such. you're such a blessing then.
1: <laughs> it's so much fun for me.
0: <laughs> I know. When you find your passion you find your why, it just doesn't feel like work anymore. It just feels like. It just feels like excitement every day, I'm sure.
1: Right. And that's what people as far back as fourth grade, like I said, have been telling me that I've been doing this my whole life. So if that's my natural, I call that returning to your factory setting. This is my factory setting that I get to, the people trust me because I can actually safely help them even when they need to be vulnerable. I can help them. Share their open heart and find out what are the blocks and why, what's been holding you back and what's going to help propel you forward. How will you feel safe enough to find the relationship of your dreams in every aspect of your life? And that is the relationship with your inner voice, the relationship with your body, your relationship with money, your relationship with your family, parent-child relationship where you're the parent, parent parent-child relationship where you're the child. Your relationship with your community, your faith, your company, your org, the organization you represent or yourself and clients. I mean, so it's all about relationships, all of them.
0: Yes. Now I always get asked this question <laughs> and I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> you <can't wait. laughs> Where is the
1: best place to find somebody? The best place to find somebody Well, I'll tell you, I think it depends on who you are and the circles you run in. Because if I said, I mean, I don't, I actually do not think the best place to find someone is in the produce section of a grocery store. Do you remember when people (laughs) said best place? I'm like, what? How is that the best place to find the partner of your dreams? Um, So here's, I, I guess I would go in order of from the inner circle out. If someone in your inner circle who knows you so well, knows someone else who has that same point, you know, in their relationship cycle, same value system, and then all the other faith, family, fitness, intellect, uh, frequency, culture, any of those things in common. So if someone you trust connects you, there's probably some validity to that. So right. I've met so many people. I used to do surveys, <laughs> just informal surveys. How did you meet? How did you meet? How did you meet? And so many people met on blind dates set up through friends, or they met at a party or that their friend threw or at a wedding, because those are all really important, close inner circle people. Mm-hmm. So if I had to choose, I would, you know, I would choose, you know, at a big life celebration of somebody you care about because we tend to attract people with those similar value systems. Now, I'm going to tell you, I actually think online dating is both amazing and terrifying.
0: I was just going to ask you about online dating because (laughs) I actually would never had the, I guess it's good or bad. I don't know, but I was, I never did any online dating ever. So I'm not familiar when people ask me, I'm like, I'm sorry. I have no idea about it, but yes, please share your expertise when it comes to the online dating world.
1: (laughs) So if you can meet someone organically in the wild, just in person, I would say that's even better because a whole bunch of stuff is cleared. However, to be able to have a forum To meet people outside of your network is such a brilliant gift. And we overlook that, that we would never have been able to meet these people had this system not been established. So you'd be stuck within your network of choices. Now, there is good and bad in that. And I believe that online dating is a lot like junior high. The hormones are floating everywhere, <laughs> rushing. And oh my God. One arm is growing longer than the other and we're just out of sorts and it's so uncomfortable. So yeah, I think it's as gnarly as puberty. I really do. And people make mistakes. Oh my God. And guess what? You can make mistakes too in online dating. And Hopefully, you learn from them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's also a lot like going into a densely populated city. And if you are aware of how to conduct yourself in a big city, you're going to be better off when you're conducting yourself in a densely populated online dating environment. Because you're not going to get involved with everyone you encounter. Just like when you walk through the streets of Manhattan, for example, you don't have to have sex with everybody that walks by you. You just don't. In fact, you don't have to pay them any attention whatsoever, even if they look at you and go, you're hot. that You owe them nothing. You just go, thanks. And that's enough because you're looking for something very specific. You're looking to be your genuine self. And that's really hard to do because you want to send out a message of who you truly are so that the right person is going to be attracted to authentic you. And one of the biggest mistakes in online dating is we want everyone to like us. So we say, oh, I love to hike and catch a big fish and take selfies in the bathroom with a cap and glasses on. And it's like, wait, what are you doing you're not showing who you are. So be true to who you truly are and don't get distracted by the sparkly objects of who you might be to attract someone more. And please, unless you want your communication to be based on throwing sex at someone, throwing sex is rarely the, the best first move. Because that's then the groundwork you've set the foundation for the relationship to be. So um, being able to develop a personal profile that's understanding who you are in the world and becoming relationship ready. So you are confident, competent, and you've got your self-worth and self-value intact. So that no matter what anybody else says or does, it doesn't matter. Unless that someone is interesting to you and interested, then you can pay attention. But for the rest of it, you're walking through a big city. Don't pay attention to what you don't need to pay attention to. Do not waste one moment of your precious life on the wrong people. Free them up to find the right people. You find who you are looking for. So, when you dive into the dating pool, knowing your relationship ready really helps because otherwise, if you're looking to be saved, somebody may drag you down with them. Mm-hmm. Understanding what it is to be relationship ready, it's easier to identify other people who are also relationship ready and you won't get caught in the riffraff. So those are really key things to consider when going into the online dating world knowing who you are knowing like being able to read a profile or images to see who's really just not even there or it might be catfishing or whatever because those things are real there Mm -hmm. so be able to identify them so you swipe left and don't need to worry anything except that was enough time to spend on them When you find somebody who is interesting, do you have the skills to engage in a conversation? And also, as I mentioned earlier, knowing the core values of someone you'd like to invite into your life, you can ask those open-ended questions that give an idea of what are you really about? What is valuable to you? What are your priorities? What brings you joy? Um, if you had to share a, an unfortunate truth, would you sugarcoat it or would you tell it like it is? Because if honesty is important to you, you would really like the answer to this question. Um, if family is important to you, how do you, or faith, how do you enjoy the holidays with your family members or do you escape? You know, where, what are you about kind of thing? So, you know, rather than someone just going, hey, and then, you know, make sure that the dialogue is about the same give and take. Do not write your autobiography. And then they go, cool. Ugh, <laughs> so make sure that there's a dialogue between two people as opposed to a dissertation. And then when you find that this person may be interesting enough to and you're curious enough to meet them you know, either on the phone or in a virtual call or face-to-face, I would recommend inviting them to demonstrate that they are who they say they are. And that can be, you know, would you be open to sharing a Facebook page, a LinkedIn page, a professional page, something to demonstrate that you are who you say they are, say you are. If they think that's rude, disregard them. Mm-hmm. Because why would you want to be with someone who thinks that's rude? Now, they can jimmy all that stuff up too. So you really need to make sure that if you choose to meet, meet in public. If you are going out to meet someone you don't know, never get in the car with them. Never at any point should you be sharing your bank routing information with anyone. And make sure that you have what I call a dating Person. So, this is someone who's not going to judge you, but they know who you're with and where you're at at all times, and they would drop what they're doing to come bail you out because of whatever the situation is. You don't want to put yourself in a compromising situation. So, put those things in place. Now, knowing that you are representing yourself authentically, you're about to go into this date, let's say. And what happens is the Thatcher effect. And you get super excited about the possibilities of this partner. You're like, "Mm -hmm." and your brilliant brain is going to do something that may be great, but it could also trip you up. And that is, it's going to fill out the picture of what you could possibly um have your life be like with this other person. And the fact is that might be accurate, but your brain is going to fill it out the way that you want it to go. So when you walk into the room and you pause, and you take a breath and you scan the room to find your person and you lock eyes with them, <gasps> and you find they're not at all who they said they were, you're going to be really disappointed. I've heard so many stories
0: like that. uh Where they're like, hey, you're like 20 pounds heavier than your picture, or you're 20 years older than your picture. Yeah,
1: you're 100 years older, you're 100 years younger, you're 100 pounds heavier, you're not at all who you said you were. What? So really... If they're going to misrepresent themselves, that's not going to be the last time they misrepresent themselves. And they're doing it in all good intentions to find somebody. But in reality, you really want to if you're feeling alone on your perfect island and you send out a message in a bottle, the message that you get back is going to be a great partner only if they're being who they say they are. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what would be the ideal that everyone, Brad Pitt. You know, but in reality, Brad Pitt, dating Brad Pitt would probably be really hard. Excruciating. <laughs> you know, sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know, he already knows. That his- <laughs> yeah, he already knows. <laughs> He's got a busy lifestyle and he, yeah. you know. When would you get to be the sparkly object? Because he's going to get all the attention. So, you know, and if you're okay with that, realize you're going to be in the limelight and people are going to find out what's wrong with you because they want to be in that picture right next to him. So it actually takes incredible fortitude to be with a celebrity, to be with somebody who's exceedingly accomplished, intellectually, physically advanced, you know, like an athlete. So, I mean... It's not an easy job to date somebody with that level of fame and acclaim. Seriously.
0: Yeah. yeah. For me, I always used to choose. This is when I was younger in my twenties. I always used to choose guys that were a little bit less than me. (laughs) (laughs) I was afraid of like getting hurt in a weird way. I was all, but I was all messed up in the head because I was drinking.
1: (laughs) Were they able to hurt you after all?
0: Here and there, but I was, I moved on very quickly. I just kind of get my guard up
1: that way. Right. So that would imply to me a potential avoidant attachment style because you're protecting yourself. So if you're with someone who you perceive who's not quite at the same level or higher in the social hierarchy, then you're gonna be okay if they if it doesn't work out. So you were setting yourself up to have fun and for failure. Exactly. <laughs>
0: but let me tell you Michelle like seriously like back then I guess I was drinking a lot of alcohol and my mindset was not my mindset it was somewhere else partying all the time meeting people you know casual dates here and there whatever and that was my lifestyle and then once I obviously none of those relationships worked and it wasn't until then I quit drinking that I realized oh who the heck am I? (laughs) I had to find out who I was because all these years I was masking myself with booze and drugs and I didn't know who the heck I was. What is something that you can tell women? Because I know we have a lot of listeners who are in recovery and or sober curious, want to quit drinking. What would you tell to those women? How do you find your true self
1: and your purpose? Right. It's a beautiful question. And I think that people use alcohol or vices to escape because maybe externally, they were not told that they are enough and that they are not lovable. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what you're talking about. If you are going to go out and party and that's your lifestyle and you'll have relationships, it could be that you're trying to prove that you are enough and you're trying to prove you are lovable and to take the risk to say, you know what? I have one life and I want to actually have a relationship with myself to know that I can have a relationship with others is a huge gift that you can give yourself. But it's not one that you can understand necessarily. And you can either agree or disagree with this. I'm curious to know until you get there because you have to give up a lot. It's not an easy path to say, okay, I am going to try this out and see who I truly am and to look in the mirror and be okay with who you see in reflection you know that's there's a lot of uncertainty there until you actually get there would you agree with that
0: yes and I also noticed that back then when I was drinking I was dating people who reflected myself and which of course was not the right person for me because I wasn't the right person for me. (laughs) And so, like I said, so it wasn't until then later on, I wasn't looking for anybody at the time. It just so happened that my husband came into my life (laughs) and I just did not want to date anybody. I was like just figuring out who I was. I felt like, wow this guy is PhD. He has a higher caliber. He's like, okay. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is a good sign because this is a reflection of who I am now, like someone who is Mm -hmm. a higher caliber. And so I'm like, yes, I'm just going to give it a shot and go for it. And I felt that chemistry. I felt those butterflies. I still get those butterflies. We still have fun, you know, and we just, we have a loving family and we're just so blessed that way. And, but it wasn't, I mean, of course we always have our little tips and whatever. Those are normal, but like Like how you taught earlier about how
1: to see the solution instead of the
0: conflict and see where we want to (laughs) go.
1: I mean, you're working, knowing that you're with a partner who wants to work all the way through any challenges, that's a forever partner. Yes. It makes all the difference in the world. There's no threat. There's no risk. There's no failure in bringing up a very difficult topic. There's no fear of it. There's no, Oh, I just need to accept the good parts of this partnership and just, you know, disregard the rest. None of that. So when you know who you are and how do you find that, then you're diving into the dating dating pool as a strong, attractive individual, as opposed to let's just experience swimming. Um, Because it's a very different relationship where you can raise each other up. You maintain your identity and individuality and together you're creating something more. And that's something we all want, but we see it like that's the movie moment. That's the fireworks. That's the what songs and sonnets are written about. That's what artwork, that's what, you know, it's like, we all want that, but how do you get there? And as you were pointing out, Knowing that you are enough is a big, big part of that. And the fact is, you are perfect and enough exactly as you are. And being able to accept yourself is the first step to knowing that someone else will also accept you. With all of your quirks and imperfections, that's what makes you interesting. That's that's what makes life fun yes finding your purpose is trying new things giving it a go experiencing life and the more you find things that really turn you on and it's I mean we all know that phrase but when you feel it like when you don't think about anything else but like but you're just so in flow in the zone of doing what that thing is. And those are the things that you should do to start to say, ah, I am a coach. I am an athlete. I'm a math cruncher, numbers cruncher. I am, you know, whatever, what do you love to do where you're in the flow that's even better than any anything advice can give to you? Cause that's, I mean, that life can give you that luxury and that lushness. I'm going to tell you in a different way. Go into the way back machine. So this is the science of it. Um, when you are bringing in information into yourself, how how do you take in information? Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> yep. I'm asking. Intuition. Through your intuition, through sight, through smell, through taste, through touch, through sound. This is how you're collecting information from the world around you. All of that information comes in and is data into your brilliant brain. Mm -hmm. Like, don't numb that up. We need to know what's going on. Then you get that. And based on previous experience, you're going to start to have um a, an emotion mm-hmm. and that emotion is going to give you like it'll be the gps the guide of what is happening for example if you go oh wow hot you go the feeling is ouch that hurt if you touch a hot stove so that's how you take in information and you process it in a very simple format so then based on the outcome that you want That's when you get to start, you pause for a moment and decide which way should I behave to get the desired outcome. Now, as you do that through your life, you do it without, you're thinking so fast, you don't even realize you're thinking about these sorts of things. But at some point in our lives, we're born and we can't take care of ourselves. Someone is taking care of us and primarily they're taking care of seven things, They're helping you to regulate your body temperature, too hot, too cold, food, water. So you're staying hydrated. Do you need sleep? Do you need uh, stimulation? Do you need love? Are you hurt? I think I found, I said one twice. There are seven things. So when you're born, you've got someone in your family, your group, your community, your tribe, whatever, you're helping to regulate those things. At some point as you mature... We hope that you can start to take care and regulate those things for yourself. When you're using a vice, you're reducing your ability to be aware of what's going on in the world around you. So imagine that your life just went from color to black and white. Imagine that it then got foggy. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask, would you like to clear the fog? Would you be interested in color and your life is enriched in ways that you could not possibly imagine by taking the risk to really clearly see the magic of who you are and what you're capable of accomplishing. And that I think is an example of how you can make that shift and I uh, you were using a term of sober curious something like that. yeah, sober curious in recovery so, so that's something like, why would I risk that? Well, this is why this is the benefit because imagine something feeling prickly where you can suddenly have sensations you've never known before. When the same note over and over and over again can become your favorite song and that it's inspiring in that kind of audible way or to taste something, you know, your taste will be enhanced. And then... Once you've got all of that individually to be able to connect with someone else and share life's challenges and celebrations and know they'll look out for you in a way that you wish someone would, and they'll make decisions on your behalf and they'll consider you when making decisions, even in their own life, that someone's got your back and that pillow talk, everything is up leveled. So, I mean, that was like just the base level to, there's so much potential to enjoy in life. So that's that's the why.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, you just you just discover you and it's just a beautiful thing. I like when I remember when I was in my recovery process, I love nature. I love the breeze. I love how hearing the trees sway. I love just the birds. <laughs> I loved everything about it. And as more and more I was getting connected to nature and then my own self, I was, do you just have a sense of euphoria. It's like a different kind. It's a way better euphoria than alcohol served, you know?
1: Right. But you don't know that until you risk. Yes. So that's, I mean, I think that's the leap right there of, are you willing to risk the, you know, the loss of the numbness and just the, the release and, and, and. The release of, I mean, I think also when you're drinking or using any vice, it frees you from the responsibility or the chains of behaving in a certain way, like gives you an excuse to be who you'd love to be. 100%, 100%. Yeah. So go ahead and be that person. You don't need the the catalyst. Just go for it. Just go for
0: it. That's what I always say. Just go for it. Just go for it. Oh, I can! You gave such value and so many nuggets. Thank you so much. Is there anything? Well, first off, where can the
1: listeners follow you at and find your books? So you can find me easily at theartofrelationshipping.com. dot com. It's a I've turned it into a verb. So theartofrelationshipping.com. dot com. And in fact, as a gift to any of your listeners, if you would like to you know, spend some time with me to figure out what your relationship challenges may have been and how to get from pain island to your relationship dream come true, then you can just click speak with Michelle and put time on my calendar. And as a gift for being a listener to for you, I'm happy to sp- to share some of my time and that would be my gift. So just go to theartofrelationshipping.com. And there's all kinds of resources that are free there as well as my books.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Well,
1: I think that's the most important stuff. I mean, and we've covered a lot of ground here tonight. And that life is better with good love in it. And it is worth the risk to understand who you truly are and to find out the magic you can create to make a difference in the world within yourself and with others.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. Of course. If you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you're aligned to leave a five-star review, thank you.